I'm John DiLiberto, and you're hearing The Echoes Podcast. This week, I'm going to revisit two earlier podcasts from this year to commemorate the fifth anniversary of the passing of Tom Gulch, who left the planet on August 28, 2013. He was a founding member of the electronic trio The Nightcrawlers. Their early cassettes have been reissued on the Biophonic Boombox recordings. I also thought it would be a good time to rerun our interview with Chuck Van Zyl. He was both an early supporter of the Nightcrawlers as a DJ on WXPN's Diaspora and Stars End shows, but also became an electronic musician himself. All of which brings up a good point. The Nightcrawlers in the 1980s and Chuck Van Zyl today are artists who depend on people like me and shows like Echoes to get their music out there. If you're listening to the Echoes podcast, you already know that you're listening to music outside the mainstream, music you don't find on commercial and even most public radio. For us to bring these new discoveries or old discoveries to you, we need your support. So go to our website at echoes.org and make a donation. You may not hear about these artists without Echoes, so go donate now at echoes.org while you enjoy the first of our two-part podcast with the Nightcrawlers and Chuck Vanzile. Electronic music had its first real explosion in the 1970s with European artists like Tangerine Dream, Kraftwerk, Klaus Schulze, Jean-Michel Jarre, and Van Gelis exploring an entirely new music born from the new technology of synthesizers. The second generation of that sound were artists like England's Mark Shreve and Ian Boddy, Michael Garrison from Oregon, and the Nightcrawlers from Philadelphia. Of all these artists, the Nightcrawlers were the most enigmatic and mysterious. You couldn't add to that mystery more than with a new collection, the Biophonic Boombox Recordings. I interviewed the Nightcrawlers extensively in the 1980s for WXPN's Diaspora program and the radio series Totally Wired. I thought I'd go back to one of those interviews when the Nightcrawlers were at the height of their impact and creativity. It takes a certain kind of personality to create the music the Nightcrawlers made in the 1980s. Peter Gulch. I would say, uh, personality-wise, you know, we're fairly laid-back, uh, spacey people, I guess. <laughs> it, you're right, it, because the music does flow from the personality and, and the mood that we're in. And, uh, I don't know, maybe some people might label us, uh, you know, severe escapists from reality or whatever, but... I think, <laughs> well, what is reality? I don't know. Those questions might all come to mind when you hear the Nightcrawlers. They performed and recorded from about 1980 to 1991, releasing three conventional LPs and dozens of self-produced cassettes. They documented numerous jam sessions held in Tom Gulch's garage using just a boombox and its built-in stereo microphone. Now, many of those cassette recordings have been collected on a new double CD and LP called the Biophonic Boombox Recordings. These informal recordings captured every synthesizer swirl as well as coughs, grunts, spoken directions, and unintentional ambiences. Uh, we've left the doors open in the studio and had, you know, crickets chirping outside when it was real hot. And we used that in a piece, actual, you know, live crickets, and then just played along with them.
The Nightcrawlers were brothers Tom and Peter Gulch and Dave Lunt. Tom Gulch was an Air Force veteran working as a postman, and Peter Gulch was a chemist. Dave Lunt was actually working as a musician, performing with more conventional pop bands like Pretty Poison, who went on to have a hit with the song Catch Me, I'm Falling. The trio was born in South Jersey, but was a city across the river, Philadelphia, that embraced them. They were devoted fans of space music, mainlining albums from Tangerine Dream, Klaus Schulze, Jean-Michel Jarre, and Kraftwerk. Because there wasn't much of it then, they created their own space music. They were into the notion of space music. That's Gino Wong. He was one of the disc jockeys of the progressive rock show Diaspora and the space music show Stars End at Philadelphia radio station WXPN. He also released the Nightcrawler's second album, Spacewalk, on his Atmospheres label. We first heard them at a small electronic music festival in Center City, curated by another electronic musician, Charles Cohen. It was the first time we'd heard the European electronic sound coming from our city. It felt like we were on the edge of, you know, the, the edge of creativity, you know, the edge of the curve. We, we actually were, were making this music. You know, we had actually plugged into this music and we were contributing. The Nightcrawlers had to be dragged into the light in Gina Wong. It turned out that um, they were resolutely amateur. That they were not interested in, in commercial success. Peter Gulch. Well, you know, basically in the beginning, uh, we were, as you put many times yourself, we were quite content to stay in our little garage and and just enjoy the music, you know, and play. And when they did hit the stage, they didn't exactly set the bar very high for showmanship. They would perform in the dark with a single red blinking LED. That was the extent of their showmanship. That's a break on the people that are actually playing because they can concentrate on the playing and not on, you know, where they're going to leap next or how much dancing they're going to do or what clothes they're wearing and stuff. You know, you just sit down there and play and concentrate on the music. I don't think too many people will be leaping and dancing to your music. They <laughs> <laughs> have a very strong point there. They performed at several electronic music festivals in Philadelphia, including the Oscillation Zone, Philelectric Sound, and Transonic. And all those performances were recorded on the same boombox. Some of them are included on this collection. Nightcrawlers had tons of electronic equipment. Their list of gear takes up nearly two pages of the Biophonic Boombox CD insert, but that gear didn't travel in style. 
The, the thing that um, impressed me the most was the Volkswagen with the uh, front seat taken out to uh, accommodate gear. The Nightcrawlers themselves weren't quite in agreement on the nomenclature for their music. Dave Lunt. Space. Electronic music. But Tom Gulch thought that was inaccurate. I have to say keyboard music because electronic music always conjures up images of blips and gurgling noises and stuff. I've never met anybody that when I said I play electronic music that they understood that electronic music was more than sound effects. So, you know, if you say electronic music, everybody goes, oh, well, yeah, he makes those sounds like ball bearings going across a metal plate or something. And that has nothing to do with electronic music. That's when the whole field was in its infancy. Nightcrawlers were semi-trained musicians. Both Dave Lunt and Tom Gulch claimed classical skills. Both me and Dave, we both take classical piano training. We've been doing it for a while, and we can play Bach and Haydn, you know, most of these other fellows. You might not really hear that in the music of the Nightcrawlers. Their sound was based in ostinato sequencer patterns and spacious, swirling drones, and much of it was improvised. Improvisation, at least to me, especially with synthesizer music, is about 90% of the ball game, because generally when you improvise, it's as new to you as it is to the people that are hearing it, so it's always fresh, and it entertains you as much as it entertains other people. The Nightcrawlers weren't concerned with stage presence or image. They just wanted to play. Tom Gulch. And generally, I mean, I find this music almost all-consuming. I mean, I really am in love with electronic music and synthesizer music. And it's all, you know, it's relaxing and thrilling and interesting all the time to me. Nightcrawlers were musical explorers. They didn't care about fame, they just wanted to plug in, literally. To me, the idea of getting an electrical current and having it come out of a wall socket and having that current processed, manipulated and controlled, and to be able to sit down and make music with the same type of energy that turns on a lamp or you know runs a toaster, to me, is just it's wonderful. You sit down and play with this energy that, in a pure form and create and structure it. I mean, you know, what more could he ask for? (laughs) 
the Nightcrawlers dissolved in the early 1990s, Peter Gulch continued to play in collaborations with Stars and radio DJ Chuck Van Zyl for a few more years, and Dave Lunt experimented in some solo projects. Tom Gulch left the planet in 2013 after a protracted period of illness. They were part of a glorious time on the Philadelphia music scene. Their original three LPs, Nightcrawlers, Spacewalk, and Shadows of Light, are long out of print on vinyl, as is a CD compilation of those albums traveling backwards. But their music, recorded on cassette, is reborn in a new collection put out by Anthology Recordings, the Biophonic Boombox Recordings. It's released on vinyl, CD, and digitally, but, ironically, not on cassette. If you want to add the Nightcrawlers, the Biophonic Boombox recordings to your collection, go to Wekos.org and there'll be a link in the posting for this podcast. And now, let's go to Chuck Van Zyl. He played a great concert for us this year and also sat down for an interview. You're hearing Echoes, and I'm John DiLiberto. In the 1970s, artists like Tangerine Dream, Klaus Schulze, Ashra Temple, and Jean-Michel Jarre created a new music vocabulary using synthesizers. At the time, it was called space music, but it's now known simply as electronic music, and that sound underpins much of contemporary music today. But many musicians like that old sound, sometimes called Berlin School. Among them is Chuck Van Zyl. Chuck Van Zyl is a child of space music. He was a progressive rock fan as a teenager in the 1970s, but there was another sound tugging at his ears. He heard it in his progressive rock favorites like Yes. I would notice that there were like these really short spans where there would be just pure electronics. It might just be for a, a moment. And they were just using it as a bridge between two themes or something, but I was really drawn to that. I wonder if music like this exists, like this just short section of Relayer where there's just a little sequencer playing. You also heard it in the bits of electronic music that made it onto 70s rock radio. Or every now and then I'd hear Autobahn by Kraftwerk or Jean-Michel Jarre, Oxygen. But then he heard the one that flipped the switch while listening to a progressive rock radio show called Diaspar on Philadelphia's WXPN. But the real turning point was I was driving home from school one time. I had this old beat-up car, but it had a decent stereo in it. I was listening to Diaspar, and I'm just driving down Westchester Pike in, um, in Delaware County on my way home, you know, trying to understand this music, and this really cool thing comes on. I can still remember it to this day, how exciting it was to hear this piece of music. I thought I was like gonna just take off in my car. It was so exciting, and, and the, I found out later the piece was called Star Dancer by Klaus Scholze. Mm-hmm. 
there's a good chance that I was a disc jockey on Diasfar that day. I subsequently met Chuck in the late 1970s when he was a clerk at Jerry's Records in Clifton Heights, Pennsylvania. He still looks pretty much the same 40 years later. Tall, rock star skinny with hay-like blonde hair hanging down past his shoulders. We bonded over electronic and progressive music and Chuck eventually found his way to WXBN where he also became a host of Diaspar and then Stars N. That's a space music show I'd created in 1976. Chuck still hosts it to this day. WXPN in Philadelphia, you are receiving Star's End. I'm your host, Chuck Van Zyle, so for the next five hours, keep your radio tuned in, enjoy the oral soundscapes and electronic music that will be coming your way. Chuck Van Zyle wasn't content spinning space music records. He wanted to create his own. The Philadelphia electronic music scene was exploding in the 1980s with artists like the Ghost Riders, Waz, Tangent, and especially the Nightcrawlers, an electronic trio who Chuck befriended. Well, when I met the Nightcrawlers and I saw like all the other people playing electronic music and then you could go up and just talk to them afterwards. And I got to be friends with those guys because after everybody left, I would help them carry their stuff, you know, to the truck that they had rented. So we, we got to be friends. I'm still friends with Peter uh, to this day, Peter Gulch from the Nightcrawlers. Chuck bought a synthesizer and began making his own electronic music, releasing it on cassettes. Some of it's been reissued on a release called The Xyle File. Yeah, yeah, there are certain aspects of those early tapes that I, I wonder if I'll ever be able to achieve again. I had a reel-to-reel tape deck, a four-track tape deck, a Korg MP4, an MX-1500 delay, and right at the end I bought a real expensive 8-bit digital reverb. This, the piece Runway is a guy who never played anything before. Chuck's collection of synths has grown quite a bit since then. Playing live on Echoes, he has two tables that are covered with keyboards, analog modules, and processing gear. his home in a near Philadelphia suburb, and you can barely open the door for the jumble of electronic gear, CDs, and other music paraphernalia strewn about his living room. Chuck doesn't call his sound new age or electronic music. He calls it space music. We look back to classic albums of, of space music by Michael Honig, his departure from the Northern Wasteland, Ricochet, which was a live album by Tangerine Dream, and some of the spacier albums by Klaus Scholz, I like, uh, well, like Body Love, I guess. You know, and I can't deny being influenced by those.
Over the years, Chuck Van Zyle has played in many configurations. He had a group called Exile that included members of the Nightcrawlers at different times, the Ministry of Inside Things with guitarist Art Cohen, and he's collaborated with synthesist Mike Hunter's Ambient. Much of his music is based around sequencers, which give him repeating patterns of sound. You can hear him manipulate them in the Echoes studio. I've just turned up the synthesizer that's being controlled by the another sequencer in this chain. And it's just playing these four notes. Chuck compares this approach to minimalism. The way I can work those sequencers, it's almost like the way Steve Reich plays some of those minimalistic uh, patterns. Or, or Philip Glass on some of the older, you know, less developed pieces where I can, you know, just take out a few notes and add in a few notes and it's these subtle rhythmic variations but it's it's really not the same thing over and over again. Chuck plays several concerts a year, and when he performs live, it's really live. There are no computers. I started, um, you know, acquiring those those kinds of uh, instruments. You might call them primitive or crude, but have really good accessibility and, and uh, very tactile. It really aligns with the way I, I want to make music. I can, I can be very spontaneous with them, as opposed to uh, software or um, or an old digital synthesizer that's you know has a lot of pre-programs. the futurism of his music, Chuck Van Zyl is an analog guy. He's also a gifted photographer specializing in photos of cemetery monuments. Even here, he doesn't shoot digital. He uses infrared film to give his images the same atmosphere as his music. This particular film that I use, it, it has all these other interesting characteristics too, like uh, in certain circumstances it'll put an aura around a, around a statue or a person if you if I, if I make the exposure just right. And so there's all these variances, like some of the distortions make it more interesting. And you don't have any of that with digital. I, I just recently bought a digital camera and it was really kind of boring using it. The hardest part was driving over to the cemetery. Until recently, Chuck Van Zyl's day job was as a postman delivering mail on his neighborhood streets. He retired a few years ago, but it still comes in handy. Well, I just came back through uh, the airport customs and they asked me what I did and I thought, they're never gonna understand if I say, I'm a, I'm a space music impresario. So I said, I'm a, I'm a retired letter carrier. I, I got through without any problems. They said, oh, congratulations. I said, yeah, I made it, 33 years.
Chuck Van Zyl's latest album is Recitals 2, his second double CD of live performances. It's out on the Synchronos label. You can find links for Chuck Van Zyl's recordings, Recitals 2, and The Relic at the posting for this podcast at echoes.org. Next week on the Echoes podcast, we talk about dreams, nightmares, and electronic music with Australia's Liminal Drifter. My dream life is challenging, almost to the point of traumatic and needing professional help. And I got into the habit of writing sonic sketches almost immediately after I'd woken up. That's Simon Order, who is a liminal drifter. We'll hear his story next week in the Echoes podcast. I'm John DiLiberto. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week, tonight, or online right now on Echoes. Echoes.